Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. So there's this giant cherry tomato bush in our front uh, garden area that just came out of nowhere. We didn't plant it. It has to be from birds dropping seeds, I guess. I mean, what is the other? There's no other explanation or maybe an animal dropping seeds or they, they I don't know, shit some seeds there. But anyway, um, it just came out of nowhere. One day there was nothing and, and today there's a giant the size of a shopping cart um, cherry tomato bush. And so I saw it and I picked one of the cherry tomatoes and I tasted it and holy shit, it was, um, it just tastes like honey. It reminded me of the first time I had uh, heirloom tomatoes. Tomatoes so good you could just make a tomato sandwich and it's just mouthwatering. doesn't even taste like a tomato because what we're used to is the tomatoes that we buy in the grocery stores that look like apples and they're, you know, full of chemicals and they've, they've been processed, right? And so when I first um, had a heirloom, heirloom tomato, I, I, it was like, it was like um, I found something from another planet. That, that was, <laughs> that's what it, it tasted like. Anyway, my, my point is this, is I was eating this little cherry tomato um, that looks like my daughter, by the way. <laughs> I I was thinking we are like this in a way meaning we start off fresh and organic and you know as we grow up um because of programming and society and high school and us um seeking approval validation you know we start to uh, become very processed. There's this layer of us. And I think for me, I was the most processed in my, I think it may be my 20s. Um, but the idea of living outside in, you know, instead of inside out. And the big question is, okay, well, can we unprocess ourselves, right? Can we go from that tomato that looks like an apple at the grocery store back to um, an organic, a tomato straight out of a garden. And I think we can, and I think it takes time. I don't think it's something that, you know, happens over a weekend because what we're talking about is really rewiring. We're talking about um, reconditioning and it's not, it's not a logical thing. I think it's uh, reconditioning your body. Because I think rewiring is a uh, mind, body, soul experience. I don't think it's like something that, that we can figure out or something that we just do uh, cognitively. I mean, that can be a part of it, but I, I think it's an experiential, deep, baked-in thing that we have to either scrape or you know create new imprints. Um, and that takes time, right? And I, I was thinking... One of the things that, uh, and this is something that I, that, I, that I teach in class, is this concept of 
connecting back to self. And I talk about this a lot. I've, I've um, I talked about it a lot in my uh, Single on Purpose book. And I think it's foundational because I think it it re- rewires us, reconditions us to go back to our natural states where we are the most potent. And one of the questions I ask my clients is, when did you feel the most alive? I think in our aliveness, there is something organic and real and raw. And in our aliveness, um, there lives our solid self, or as what people say, our authentic self. And as we grow up and we have to pay taxes and some of us have to grow up very fast, take care of other people at a very young age um, as we run toward the corner office or climb the corporate ladder. Or maybe we just get married and we have kids and we have no time for ourselves. But as life happens, we start disconnecting with parts of ourselves. And I think that we um, lock those parts into a hope chest and we start to feel less and less alive, right? Uh, we start pulling more from logic. We start crossing off to do things. We become um, very busy, but um, busy in a way where we're just, you know, the, the, the hamster in the hamster wheel spinning and the days go by fast and we're never finishing all the things that we want to finish and we're raising kids and all this stuff, right? Then you get into a relationship, of course, and, and it's not just about you anymore. So as this happens, we become less and less alive. And I think on top of this, the other layer of advertising, the other layer, uh, you know, in today's world, social media, um, comparison filters, I think they make us more and more processed. So going back to my question that I ask my clients a lot, when, when did you feel the most alive? And of course, when I think about my story, there, there's a lot of moments when I felt, you know, truly alive. But the one that always comes up, my go-to answer is the 80s, fat laces, boom boxes, windbreakers, windmills <laughs> spinning on my head. My dad used to come home from, from work and see me breakdancing on cardboard by myself and basically throw books at me and say that this is not why we came to America, right? And um, I, I was never a good student. I always found joy in activities like skating and, and uh, you know, the, the BMX bikes and, and, and breakdancing. So breakdancing was like the big thing that I found at an early age. I think I was around 12, 11. Um, and I was a part of a crew, right? So there was that acceptance slash protection because they're all older than me and um yeah i remember those like wonder years as me feeling the most alive i didn't um i wasn't seeking validation and approval i was i, I fell in love with the craft you know a dance and I, I allowed myself to get lost in it and i hit flow states i would lose track of time um earlier maybe when i was like seven and six uh, i was obsessed with legos so locking in my uh, locking myself into a room and playing with Legos for hours, forgetting to eat, um, you know the obsession of that building, right? And of course, there are other moments where I felt alive, right? My first crush, the time that um, Doreen, who was sixteen, and I think I was like twelve or thirteen, had a um, told me that she she liked me, and the uh, my brain lit up. 
she took me on the side of the house and gave me a kiss. I like pecked her on the cheek because I've never kissed a girl before. And she's like, give me a real kiss. And I was terrified. And uh, I remember she kissed me on the mouth. Um, that feeling, right? I mean, that was me feeling alive and also terrified because she also whispered in my ear, I want to jump your bones. And I was like, oh my God, I'm too young to have sex. And I remember um, after she said that, I, ba- I avoided her. I avoided her as, as much as I could. But at the same time, um, I had such a big crush on her. And the fact that a 16-year-old girl who was also uh, very developed for that, that age had a crush on me made me feel very alive. We were at the beach once and she was holding me in the water and I remember my uh, elbow was like smashed into her boob. And I don't know why, maybe I was 13. I, it's the first time I ever felt a boob on my elbow. And uh, I remember that like yesterday because of the imprint, right? Because it made me feel so alive. It made me feel a lot of things. When was the last time you felt alive? But more importantly, what does it look like for you to open up that hope chest and connect to the spirit, the spirit of that part of you that you've disconnected with? So it doesn't necessarily for mean for me as a 49-year-old to start breakdancing again, although it could. It means to connect to the spirit of that 12-year-old, right? The fearlessness of that kid. Um, the kid that uh, lost himself in dance, right? And how would that ripple into my life today? I mean, I don't know. I, th- I think it has in fitness. I think it has in um, motorcycles. That's why I-, I love riding motorcycles so much. Taps me into that uh, that kid in the 80s that was always looking for um, adventure and uh, a breeze on his face. But what does that look like for you? And how can you execute that? And this is why I say that sometimes self-betterment is more about a reunion than anything else is uh, going back to when you felt the most you, when you felt the most alive and uh, connecting to that person, right? Building a relationship again with that person, meeting that person halfway. And I think it changes us. I think it changes our state and I think it makes us organic again. Like that cherry tomato on my front lawn that has not been through any chemicals and it's just a bird dropped a seed (laughs) and this little cherry tomato was born from a from that seed just out of the ground and straight into my mouth and it just it it was like it was like a drop of honey and I think um we all start off that way and through our days we uh we lose that you know we lose that sweetness of our spirit the other thing I want to leave you with is when you're engaging with other people, because we are also judgmental and we process people as well, right? Um, not, I don't mean process like what you do in your therapy room, but like we, we, uh, we paint people, we judge people, we, you know, all of that stuff through our own lens. And so what would, what would, what would it look like to see that person experience that person by choosing to see his or her spirit, you know, the spirit of who he or she is, not what they do or what they say, because that can be a reaction from fear and, 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 and hurt. Um, but who's the spirit of that person? Like, think about your partner or your best friend. Think about, like, their whole story and how they were as a kid, running around bare feet, whatever. Like, who's the spirit of that person? And can you 
speak to that person? Can you engage with that person? Because if you do, chances are you will be less judgmental, you will be more accepting, and you will connect to that person on a deeper level. Starting with you and then with others, connect to the spirit of who you are and connect to the the spirit of other people. Thank you for listening. Be well. Hey, if you have a passion for helping others and you want to create a more meaningful career or add to your current skill set, it's time to become a life coach with Lumia. When I became a life coach many years ago, there wasn't anything like this. So I developed this program alongside with Noel Cordeaux, Lumia Coach Training. And it's amazing. It's 100% live and online, meaningful, evidence-based education, real people, real community, ICF accredited to with 20 diverse instructors in a thriving alumni community. Go to theangrytherapist.com and click on Become a Coach and explore Lumia Coach Training. I'll see you in class.